Hello and welcome to the Three Inning Save Podcast. Eric Stevens here. Previously on the Three Inning Save Podcast. Previously on the Three Inning <laughs> yeah, Save Podcast. I thought podcast. about doing a voice yeah. for that, whatever. Yeah. We, you and I were asked how many 40-man spots oh, he, changes we thought the Dodgers again, would make. Once again, Craig Minami is prescient <laughs> beyond his years. And frequently uh, when asked a question like this, if we have the same answer, I will or you yeah, will adjust. Pick, yeah. But we are both so confident right, in our answer right. of well, zero. Okay, here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the fatal flaw that I saw in Craig's question that obviously we were both wrong about. But So he said, how many 40-man additions will they make before Sunday? Now... The trade deadline's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, like, we, you and I, he, talk, we are on the same, but you're and, like, nah, they're, they do things like, at the deadline. We're like, clearly zero. And again, with all respect to Craig, who we don't feel this about, but the tone was like, you dummy. What kind of a question? <laughs> yeah. That was, and I, I don't out, think it was you dummy. It was no. a, like, oh, look at us. Oh, we're so, <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah like, Experts. it's clearly zero. <laughs> I mean, you know, we pashawed him. That's what we did. <laughs> and and turns out he he undershot like his <laughs> yeah his choices were zero one yeah. two or three or more uh, yeah, more so, take yeah, the, the more the, the more the more one out so we're gonna talk about the four uh, names added to the twenty five uh, man the the twenty six twenty six sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, the corresponding moves and talk about if there's anything left and should they be doing more because they probably should yep. all that oh and hey. More questions for Greg. Maybe we'll look like even bigger idiots. Uh, all that after this. No question. Yeah. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Eric, take us from the top. What was the, the first one? What what trade went down first? Okay, so just as a, as a very, very broad overview, three trades done so far, four players added, 
Um, and it's important to note we're recording this Sunday evening. Got roughly uh, not a little more than a day and a half until the trade deadline, which is Tuesday, August first at three p.m. Pacific. So there still could very much be more. We we could do a double Craig here and get even even more uh, done, but who knows? But anyway, we're we're, our, we're in the moment now, so we know of three trades that are already done, uh, including two old friends returning. Um, uh, first, Kike Hernandez, um, who was not having a good year with the Red Sox. He was he was struggling mightily. Like it's going to be a refrain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. There, there's there's a, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on here. But no, so they got him from the Red Sox for two AAA pitchers, Nick Robertson, who was on the forty man, and Justin Hagenman, who were not. Uh, 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 so like that was a done deal. Um, Kike Hernandez ha- has roughly like three point six five million left, or at the time of the deal, he did. The Red Sox are paying two and a half million of that, so the Dodgers—it's very minimal salary. Um, related to that, they also acquired Ahmed Rosario from the Guardians, who's a shortstop. Now we know he was not Kike having Her- a good year. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was having a down year, not as down as Kike yes. was the bat. Yeah. I'll say, and okay, so basically both guys are here to hit lefties. Like that's. Every time they play lefty, those two guys are starting somewhere. So we know Kiki plays like a billion positions. So like that, that's how still hasn't use played him. catcher yet. No, yeah, come on. I'm still holding it. Well, uh, Will Smith got hit in the elbow on See? Sunday, so you never know. Um, but uh, they're like Kiki was not hitting lefties in Boston this year. His career, he has. So like, there's he's probably going to be okay against lefties. I think. He's going to be in a limited role. He was playing pretty much every day until recently for Boston, so maybe a more limited role will help. Um, with Rosario, so he's played like a very small amount of left field and center field. In 2022 left field, 2021 center field, I think it's like 14 starts in center, six starts in left. Other than that, only shortstop. And so they brought him in. They're like, you, they want, you're going to play second base and center field. And some shortstop. <laughs> so they're, they're trying to fit some square pegs into round holes and, and all sorts of stuff here. Um, so he played second, Rosario played second base in reserve a little bit on Sunday. That was his first time ever, majors or minors, at the position. So it, it's going to be weird, right? Like they're, they're going to, they, they've, it gives them options, I would say. Now, the reasons like these trades in general are like really like that's that's who that those are the bats because we were talking like you know like Tommy Pham like overall like pretty like generally good hitter um you know possibly Jock Peterson intimidator if the Dodgers are playing the Giants etc no um like these are not those type of hitters right like they're like very niche roles they, they could fit. It gives them options. But, like, the point is the, the the Dodgers bench literally had Yanni Hernandez on it. They had Johnny DeLuca on it, um, and who was replacing Jake Marisnik, who a light hitter, defender guy. Uh, he still could potentially return at some point, but he's not much of a hitter either. Um, so they, they didn't have options. They were pinch hitting Austin Barnes occasionally against, like, late in games. So just having more options helps, right? Now, they have, like, 
five sort of mainstays in the lineup. You know, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, J.D. Martinez, Max Muncy. James Altman is kind of nearing that, although he sits occasionally. Um, and then the two the two lefty outfielders, um, Hayward and Peralta, who almost never hit against a left-handed pitcher. So they're going to be able to, like, pinch hit here, there, pinch hit. Like, do, they're all going to be able to mix and match, and especially with those guys plus Chris Taylor being able to play multiple positions. I think it's going to help. Um, again, not super upgrades. However, and then you consider um, the, the Dodgers got Ahmed Rosario for Noah freaking Syndergaard, um, who was who was not going to pitch for them. I mean, he was on the injured list, and literally, like, earlier in the week, I asked, or I don't think I asked this one, but Dave Roberts was like, because uh, Syndergaard had pitched two games on a rehab assignment with Oklahoma City. He went five innings both times. Previously... Roberts had said, like, it's not just about building up innings. He has to show he's, like, major league ready up to his standards. Like, he's sort of putting the onus on, on him in that case. So when they say, we don't want you anymore, it's not. But I think also he knew he was not pitching well. Um, but he he was supposed to uh, start for Oklahoma City on Thursday. The trade happened Wednesday. But earlier in the week, Dave Roberts, because oh, Noah Syndergaard came to Los Angeles as a quote-unquote check-in, and I'm pretty sure they that's when they sort of had the conversation with him, like, hey, we're, we're going to try to find a spot for you or whatever. But, I, you know, at the time, nobody, we didn't necessarily know that, like, at least publicly. And then, but Dave Roberts was like, yeah, he's going to start Thursday. And then, then we got a decision to make. That's when the rubber meets the road, he said. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking the decision is like maybe 60-day injured list because he had been on the injured list since early June. It wouldn't affect his timeline materially like that much, but it opens up a 40-man spot if during this like anticipated busy week at the trade deadline, if they needed roster spot, that sort of a thing. Turns out they just used his roster spot to get another guy by simply trading him. So he's making $13 million. Ahmed Rosario is the, the It were a little more than a third of the season left um, at the time of the trade. The Dodgers ended up sending like 1.87 million. It's essentially a cash neutral deal. So the Dodgers are paying the same 13 million for that roster spot as they were. Now they have someone they can use out of that roster spot instead of you know whatever. So it, from that standpoint, you're like, I get it, right? Like that's that makes sense. Like it's it's sort of upgrading, and at the same time, it like doesn't necessarily prevent them from still upgrading if they wanted to add more. Um, but so that uh, Kiki trade happened Tuesday, Ahmed Rosario happened Wednesday. They were off Thursday, and then Friday, um, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is sort of a um, a larger scope deal, not just because they got two pitchers. But, oh, sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. I was just say both having down yours. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Kelly. Kelly, yes, but like less so. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. like on its surface, I forgot. I don't remember what because I looked this up. Like on FanGraphs, um, they're they're not like all below replacement level, but they're close enough to the line where you're like, what are we doing? Right? Yeah. Like so that sort of so just on its face, right? Um, Lance Lynn, six forty seven ERA, right? That's that's bad. Like just <laughs> now, you, you could spin it like his peripheral numbers. His XERA is like four eighty two, same as Tony Gonsolin, who has been bad. Like, but but also in, you know that sort of a thing. 
Um, but did you notice I said among qualified pitchers? Ah. This man has been healthy enough to throw innings, uh, and he is averaging 5.7 innings per start, which is better than every single Dodger starter except for Clayton Kershaw, who, by the way, hasn't pitched since uh, the end of June. Um, the Dodgers are impressed with Lynn's stuff. Uh, he has a 27% K rate. That's better than every non-Kershaw starter by a wide amount. I think Bobby Miller's the only one close, and he's like 23-something. Um, so, like, they're kind of betting on stuff here. Oh, by the way, uh, Lance Lynn has also allowed 28 home runs. That's the most in the majors. <laughs> so they're really going for it. Uh, so Dave, Dave Roberts on Friday now, Roberts is like an optimist, but it was like they, he was kind of really laying it on thick. Um the one like I so much so that when I think when I tweeted the story out, I I used a still shot from the Arrested Development scene where um, Tobias and oh god I can't remember his his wife's name Lindsay? where it's yeah it, the 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 meme is like oh it, but it could work for us that that's sort <laughs> of the, the the theory of this but anyway Roberts said quote I just feel that getting in this environment playing meaningful games will bring out the best in him it's like all right, I roll at this point, right? Then he said, all the home runs he's given up, I feel that number will balance out. Uh, there's been a little unluckiness, in my view, as far as watching some videos. So, like, he's he's fully drinking the Kool-Aid at this point. Um, now, that said, like, Lynn is probably going to be... He's not, I don't think he's going to be 647 ERA guy. And even if he is, he'll fit right in with what the Dodgers <laughs> are doing. We'll get to that in a second. So, he, Lynn is starting Tuesday against the A's. They moved um, Julio Urias, who would sort of be also in line Tuesday. They moved him to Thursday because he's got a fingernail issue, which is like, oh, great. Let's add another like sort of variable to his weird season. Bad season, by the way. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but then Joe Kelly is also here. So the funny part about Joe Kelly sort of in- encompassed all of this on Saturday in his um, pregame interview. is sort of a, like, you know, meeting everyone again. And he, he mentioned how, like, the numbers that um, matter aren't the usual ones that are on the scoreboard. Like, he's, like, you know, wins, losses, and ERA. Um, he called, he at one point he called his ex-White Sox teammate Aaron Bummer a FIP god, which is hilarious. Um, and then, but to Kelly's point, so if you look, right, he has a 491 ERA, but he has a 325 X ERA, expected ERA. Um, so he's also throwing 99, which is, like, his fast on both two-seam, four-seam. His fastest since 2017. He has a 32% strikeout rate. That's his highest ever. Um, there's a lot of reasons to like think that this could work, right? Like, but it's also because of Joe Kelly. Um, he's also like very volatile, like and, and is and sort of prone to stuff. But I, were you watching Saturday's game at all, like the Dodgers and Reds? Just a little bit. So, did you see when Kelly came in the game by chance? I saw it after the fact. Okay. That was as as loud as ever at the stadium in a while. <laughs> it was like, all of a sudden, like, what is happening? Like, like he got the, like, a, like imagine, it's not, it's not quite, because literally there was the, they had a, a ceremony honoring Oral Hershiser. He inducted him to the Legends of Dodger Baseball before the game. So there were some ovations there. You got the oral ovation. You got the Fernando ovation. When they introduced Justin Turner on a video, you got the Justin Turner ovation. It The crowd reacting to Joe Kelly coming in was akin to the Justin Turner, <laughs> like, cheers. And I was like, what is happening, right? But 
so now part of it was like there was also this weird energy where Caleb Ferguson had like a rare bad outing, but it was also two nights in a row. Yancy Almonte's been good for like a month and a half, like really good. And he had a bad outing Friday, but was like also left in a little too long. So then you get the, the Dave Roberts like long walk to the mound, take him out. Everyone's booing Dave Roberts for not taking him out already. And they're just in an angry mood. So they're doing the same thing with Caleb Ferguson on, on Saturday, the, the walk, Dave Roberts. But then they bring in Joe Kelly, and it's like they, they, they immediately transferred all that pent-up energy into this massive cheer. And I think that's my best explanation for it. And that, plus, he's, he is absurdly popular. Uh, everyone loves him because he threw at Astros, basically. Like, and he's sort of the, manifest, the physical manifestation of like, Dodgers fans' feelings about the Astros. But he also had a classic Joe Kelly game in, in this. So it's a tie game uh, when he enters, two outs, two on. I don't remember if it was the first pitch or not, but he threw a wild pitch. So all of a sudden, both runners in scoring position. Then he walked the first guy, so base is loaded. But then he, he struck out the next guy to get out of the inning, and of course the crowd erupted again. So now I, I mentioned like this was obviously it was a larger trade, not just because they got two guys, but so they sent. Um, speaking of like injured uh, Dodgers working their way back, Trace Thompson, who was also on a rehab with Oklahoma City. Um, He's been out since early June with an oblique. Um, he was sent to Chicago, the team who originally drafted him, and I believe he's been with twice before. He's been around. Um, but also minor league pitchers Nick Nestrini and Jordan Leisure. Um, Nestrini made one preseason uh, top 100 list at BP, baseball, excuse me, baseball prospectus. I think he was 54. When prospectus did their midseason update, he, they only went to 60. He was not in the top 60. Like, he's having a, not a, I mean, maybe a down year, like, just not fully putting it all together. He started off slow because he was sidelined in spring training. They were sort of slow playing him. Um, but still, like, a pretty good prospect, right? Like, so that it's three for two. But then, so Thompson was on the 60-day injured list, so he was not on the 40-man. So to add um, Lynn and Kelly to the Dodgers 40-man, they have to make two other moves. So, um, they designated for assignment Justin Brule, who's sort of been like on the, you know, uh, up and down a lot the last like two and a half years in the bullpen. He's already been optioned five times this year. I, that probably played a little bit of a factor in it in that they could have still brought him up again, but had they optioned, had they wanted to send him down, they would have had to put him on waivers. So I think this just sort of eliminated that step in a way. Uh, they also, um, the, the not I won't call it a shocker. It was just a little more. I, I don't even know if it's surprising, but Eddie, Eddie's Leonard, twenty-two year old shortstop with Tulsa Double A. They designated him for assignment. Like he's having a so-so year. He had a very terrible April where he didn't have an extra base hit the entire month, twenty games. He's hit fine since. Like I think his WRC plus is like on this on the season. I think it was like either at 100 or just under 100 so like he wasn't doing that well but he's also 22 in double a the problem with both him and Yorbit vivas is that the dodgers after the 2021 season put both of them pretty aggressively onto the 40 man in november to protect them from the rule five draft now their thought was you know a team might draft them we don't want to lose them now, in fairness, nobody knew at the time that the lockout was going to last as long as it did, and there ended up not being a Rule 5 draft at all. 
So, but they they've been on the forty man since um, the the start of the twenty twenty two season, you know, or before that. So, this is actually their second option year. So, if you're looking at Leonard, who was sort of you know progressing slowly, he pro- he might have finished the year at AAA if he improved or something. But you go in next year is going to be his last option year. Um, so, like you're already you're at a tough spot like developmental wise. Like if you need him, like say in twenty twenty five to be like an up and down guy or someone you use like and you can't send him down that's tough now obviously there's a lot to go between then he could still improve but like it was just a but also backing into this a little bit because they were in high a all of last year uh the dodgers were basically playing with 38 on the 40-man roster like and for a team that values like improving on the margins they were playing short is like probably overselling it a little bit but like it limited their options on the 40 man because they were taking up two spots. So, um, and you know, obviously it's a long, longer term investment. Now the flip side of this, is you could argue the Dodgers also won 111 games last, last year. And like they're in first place as we speak now, like they're okay. Right. Like they're, I don't think they're sitting here going, Oh, if we, we would have signed like Justin Verlander, if we had that extra 40 man, it's not that right. It's not, it's not, but like, it's a cost, right? This, these are a cost of a trade. Now, the other sort of weird, not weird thing, but like, you also, when, when the Dodgers activated Joe Kelly, because first you got to be on the 40 man, then it might take the players a few days to come in. Like, for instance, um, Kelly was activated Saturday, Lynn was activated Sunday, just how it worked out. But to make room for Kelly, you know, they could have optioned a reliever. Um, they ended up uh, DFA Phil Bickford. So, who was also like now he's pitched very low leverage stuff. He's also pitched some high leverage stuff, but he's sort of the rubber arm. But he also really hasn't been good the last like two seasons. Like mm-hmm. he was really good in twenty twenty one, just hasn't been able to replicate that. But th- that makes us like a very large like uh, footprint of a deal. <laughs> like um, that's you know it's a five player deal, which ends up being like an eight player deal because of all the ancillary moves around it. So there, that's sort of where. Um, where they're at right now in terms of like, you know that you know, you have to look at that stuff when you're trying to make these moves. Now, um, going back to the rotational a bit, so one of Michael Grove or Emmett Sheehan is are going to lose their rotation spot the next time through, after Lynn is inserted on Tuesday. Like it won't happen till the, I guess the Padres series when we'll find out which one that's going to be. They're playing the A's at home, then they go to San Diego. Um, the other one will probably lose the rotation spot once Kershaw returns. Now, Kershaw on Saturday at Dodger Stadium, the day before we were recording, he pitched three simulated innings. He faced uh, Ahmed Rosario, Austin Barnes, and James Outman. Um, and then they were unsure at the time like what was going to happen next. Dave Roberts said Sunday that he's going to throw another simulated game Thursday. They were There was some talk of, like, they might activate him early, but he'd, he'd only been able to go, like, four innings, like, next weekend or something. They decided against that. So another same game Thursday where he will get stretched to four. Then he's probably in the rotation after that, which would be one of the two games against Arizona, which is August 8th and 9th. So basically we're looking at this where Kershaw is, is really close back now. He's been pain-free since basically since a little bit after the cortisone shot in his left shoulder. That's a good sign. So I think um, he's you know getting very close to ready. Now, 
so last week we mentioned this. Now that it was abundantly clear the Dodgers needed pitching, and then <laughs> this week they showed it. Like uh, they allowed 38 runs in six games. They lost uh, both series at home to the Blue Jays and Reds, two out of three. Um, Michael Grove on Sunday allowed eight runs. Um, seven of those came in the first three innings. So at that point, it was like, okay, you have to go out there as long as possible to mm-hmm. sort of try to save the bullpen. And he did well in that regard. He got through six. Um, he actually struck out ten, which made for like a, a very hilarious pitching line. Jumbo where, Jacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Six innings, ten hits, eight runs, ten strikeouts. The so there's only I I didn't ask you this as a trivia, and you might have seen my tweet. You probably did. You maybe didn't. You probably don't follow me. It's probably fair. No. Um. Um. So the only there's only one other Dodgers pitcher ever to allow eight runs and strike out ten in the same game. Van Lingo Mungo, one of the best names in history. 1936. You had asked me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you would have been mad. Just say, just say Zach Weed. I would have said, yeah, you got it. Or Desi Vance. Yeah. Um, so, but this is a weird little stretch they're going through. So, they, the Dodgers the last two weeks have had absolute clunkers on the series finale. Now, last week it was like, oh no, we lost the series finale after we won the first two games. Mm-hmm, that sort mm-hmm. of a thing. This time they did not have such uh, money in the bank, but. Last week it was Julio Arias uh, allowing eight runs in Baltimore. Emmett Sheehan allowed eight runs in Texas. Tony Gonsolin against the Blue Jays Wednesday only allowed five, so he's basically <laughs> sitting pretty right now. The Dodgers did lose that game eight to one. They they just they've been absolutely shelled in the final game of series. It's it's kind of hilarious. And then of course Grove on Sunday to the Reds in July, which is now over for the Dodgers because they don't play Monday the thirty first. Um, their starters had a 6.18 ERA. Now, again, I looked at the FIP because I was looking at this before the game for something I'm writing for Monday. I think the starters were like at 4.30-something FIP. It's probably going to be around 4.50-ish, which is also bad, but not 6.18 bad. But the 6.18 is bad enough to where it's the second-worst month for the for Dodger starters in franchise history. The only other time came in World War II uh, in July 1944 for Brooklyn. It's bleak out there, man. It's it's just absolutely brutal. Um, there's, you know, like we mentioned, there's more than just ERA, but six ERAs is six ERA. And, like, both Urias and Gonsolin, who are nominally the Dodgers' two best, should be the Dodgers' two best right now, they were both over six in July. Um, the only Dodgers started, like, on the season, I think, who is not having, like, a nightmare season is Clayton Kershaw. And he, his next start is going to be more than six weeks after his last start. So things are going great. Things are absolutely going great right now. Um, were you able, I know you were you were sort of busy, but were you able to watch some of this uh, pitching prowess over the last week? Yeah, I actually... Did I watch game one of both series? Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, I saw the good and bad. Yeah. Uh, tr- uh, uh, I think, uh, yeah, sorry. It was a very sort of strange work-busy busy week i did get to watch the comeback uh so that was fun the the james out the yeah yeah oh and speaking of that um so james outman hit the they were down four runs in the ninth they won it in the 10th um james outman hit the walk-off double that was like off the top of the wall he hit that off mitch white old friend and mitch white on sunday uh, in a trade we'll get to in a second he was designated for assignment to make roster room so 
sad old friend alert for him. Um, and I know you're, uh, I think you're prepared to talk about this, uh, mm-hmm. but sort of my, the main take, and I assume it's yours as well, is that none of these trades, even though they are for uh, four players who, at least in traditional stats, and in some cases both, are not having good years. Yeah. They're fine because, you know, there's uh, there's ways to find optimism in all of them. But if that's all that gets done on this deadline, that does yeah. not bode well for a team that needs, like, even if even if you're optimistic on, you know, a certain amount of these trades working out and then maybe, you know, Gonsolin coming back or Urias coming back uh, looking to form, that's a lot you're banking on that hasn't proven it this year. And this team could really, really use a more proven asset or two going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm sort of at, too. I I think at this point they they need uh, they need volume, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they need reinforcements. Like if something if if their best played plans don't work, now it might be messy in trying to get to that. Like for instance, they were um, at least inquiring uh, on Nolan Arenado. That was a big rumor because the Cardinals were sort of in not, you know in freefall. They're selling off a lot of their stuff, but mostly the you know, expiring type uh, players. Um, but they were, the Dodgers were definitely in on Nolan Arenado. I think both the Athletic and the LA Times had reports of that. And then it took until like, uh, I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday, where Cardinals GM John Mozalak basically had to say, like, look, we're okay, we're not trading on the record, finally. Like, we're not trading Nolan Arenado. We're focusing on, you know, competing in 2024. So, that, like, that sort of put that to rest a little bit. Um, but, you know, they they still, like, need more. Like you mentioned, right, when Kershaw gets back, when Lynn gets – so the rotation at that point is going to be Kershaw, Urias, Lynn, Gonsolin, Bobby Miller, right? I don't – like, Emmett Sheehan and Michael Grove, like, you know, Emmett Sheehan, might, Emmett Sheehan might, like, still start games at some point. Like, he'll mm-hmm. probably – he'll start next weekend, I think, for sure. Um, but you probably don't want – necessarily those guys in the rotation the other like ryan pepio is working his way back they also have gavin stone i don't think you should or or, or like you just you shouldn't count on those right so i think that's where like they need another option even if it means like if it's good enough especially if a pitcher's good enough even if it means acquiring another pitcher and even optioning bobby miller and like having him be the the awesome like sixth option or whatever like that would be great, right? Um, so th- let's just like go through a little bit of, of what is still sort of out there because there's been some trades over the weekend that sort of took some of the more realistic mm-hmm. options off the table. Um, so both Jorge Castillo and Jack Harris at the LA Times in one story and then Fabian Ardaya at The Athletic have reported that the Dodgers are interested in Justin Verlander. You might say, wait, isn't he under contract with the Mets who signed him for, you know... Um, two years and 43 and a third million in each year why yes he is but you know who was also under a similar contract (laughs) max scherzer and he is already a ranger (laughs) um so the mets like have not been good this year obviously and the mets they finally decided um so the funniest part about this to me is like it also the dominoes started when um the first mets trade was David Robertson, who again did not get traded to the Dodgers to ruin my my <laughs> bid of having Dave Roberts manage Dave Roberts' son? Um, they traded him to Miami, which uh, again symbolically hilarious. 
because the Marlins are clearly competing and going for it and better playing better than the Mets. And that trade, like, sort of, it was the first domino, right? But it made Max Scherzer be like, hey, what what's the plan here, right? Like, And so he met with ownership and apparently to the point was not satisfied with the plan. So he's like, I'm open to a trade. So they're like, we're going to try to trade you. And they traded him to the Rangers. Uh, we'll, we'll get to, back to that in a second. But so that that domino got to Verlander, who started Sunday. And then after the game, he told reporters uh, he is open to waiving his no-trade clause, you know, if, if he feels like, depending on what the plan for the organization is in 2024, because that's where he signed through. He also has a conditional player option for 2025, I think, or vesting or something like that. But, so that just makes him at least nominally available. Now, the issue for the Dodgers, they did they were trying to sign Verlander in the offseason. Um, how much are they willing to take on and or trade for him? He has had a sub-2 ERA over the last seven starts, including one really good start against the Dodgers. Um, so he's making 43 and a third million this year and next. So about 14.4 left this year. So we're talking like 57, 58 million remaining on the deal. Um, Scherzer had a similar amount left. And in the trade, the Mets sent 35 million to Texas, which well, that's a lot. But And they got one player back. Um, yeah, uh, Ronald Acuna's younger brother, I believe. Am I? Yep. Yeah. And um, so it really depends like what kind of trade you structure. Do you just do more prospects and um you know i guess more prospects gets you you don't have to pay as much but like who knows right you're also trading for like a 40 year old so like there's those issues as well um and again from a team standpoint nobody i don't think is thinking about on in the front office is going oh well he was a 2017 astro fans probably thinking that yeah <laughs> the team's not like going well you know i don't think that's a thing but so he he's he's and he's like the one who could be the difference maker right like he you could start him in any playoff like he he's top of the rotation guy like you know assuming he's healthy and right and whatever um not that that's worked for <laughs> any of the other dodgers options this year but like he's he is the the clear like difference maker type uh, that's available the other so the uh, in the solid variety now the other thing so Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly went Lucas Giolito was the guy I was like sort of looking at on the White Sox thinking he would be a pretty good fit he's a pending free agent so is uh, Lynn Lynn has an option but um, he went to the Angels pretty quickly last week before any of that stuff happened so that was the thing. Another sort of solid option was Jordan Montgomery of the Cardinals. He went to Texas as well on Sunday. They're busy. Uh, they, <laughs> I think they put Nathan Eovaldi on the IL. They also, obviously, they signed Jacob DeGrom. He's out for a long time. So, like, it's, it's been very volatile for pitching this year. Um, also on Sunday, the Cardinals sent a, a closer, Jordan Hicks, to Toronto. That was the deal that made Mitch White get designated for assignment. Both of those uh, pitchers, the Dodgers were interested in. Obviously, different roles, but they're they're still sort of out there now. Um, if you're not looking at Verlander, you have other sort of options. Jack Flaherty is Harvard Westlake guy, just like Giolito. Down year generally, 
been better the last month and a half. He's Cardinals also pending free agent, very cheap deal. Like I think about one point eight million left. Um, Michael Lorenzen and the Tigers. I almost said Tigers for some reason. <laughs> it's a long day. Um, he's another pending free agent. Um, folks who could be around longer. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Tigers. Now he has a longer contract, three years, forty nine million remaining after this year. He also has an opt out at the end of the year, so that sort of complicates things a little bit. Mitch Keller of the Pirates, um, I believe um, both LA Times and The Athletic had the Dodgers sort of at least kicking the tires on him. He's also in his first year of ARB, so he has two years left before even hitting free agency. That I think that has a higher prospect cost. Obviously, the, the money is not going to be that much, but like um, that, that could be a, a costly one prospect-wise. Um, and then, oh, what, what if the Dodgers try to add another bat? Like, you know, to even further complicate things. Um, sort of, you know, they can figure out where to fit everyone once they get them. But, you know, the point is the Dodgers have been really busy. They've already added four players, like we mentioned. But I would be surprised if they don't add any more. Like, so, again, by the time you hear this, there's probably a little more than a day uh, before the trade deadline. But I think the Dodgers are still going to be busy. They're, they're going to be in it. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of where we're at. We're, we're in limbo right now, I think. How many names do you expect the Dodgers to add to the forty man before? Uh, oh, we're, we're reverse the, cranking you know, this. Yeah, yeah, no. By the deadline, two more. <clears throat> that's what yeah. I was going to say, but I'm not. Do- I'm not playing that game anymore. I'll take the over. Whoa, Whoa. That. that's a lot of turnover. You, so you're, you're getting the three or more, the automatic win spot uh, this this time. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I love uh, NBA. Uh, I think a lot, a lot of people. I love NBA free agency start, and I love Major League Baseball trade deadline. Uh, it's just yeah. refresh season, as they say. A lot of it, fun. It's the closest thing baseball gets to the, you know, the like appointment sort of like checking in type stuff. Because baseball free agency, like you know, when NBA, like you mentioned, NBA free agency, it's like. 1201 Eastern on whatever day it is like there's like oh 87 players have just <laughs> like signed uh it's just it's crazy but like yeah it's not that way in baseball but yeah this is this is a, a busy 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 time and I will say for uh, at True Blue LA uh the site traffic reflects it people are <laughs> interested um so you know, I'm, not, I'm not saying we should have the trade deadline all the time because that I might die um but no it's uh it's 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 fun but uh, one of the players the Dodgers traded for, uh, Joe Kelly, mm-hmm. he picked up the win on Saturday by getting that strikeout. The Dodgers went ahead on a maximum home run, the bottom of the inning. He's the 18th Dodgers pitcher to record a win in 2023. Um, the team record for most pitchers with a win in one season is 23. What Dodgers team holds that mark? Luckily, it's years, so I can take some really random guesses, and I will do just that after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which Dodger team had the most different pitchers to get a win? I'll, I'll give uh, you I'll give you a hint that doesn't give away too much. Okay, I, I have two um, guesses written down. All right, you uh, give me you do the you do a guess first. So my see. theory is I I am gonna go as recent as possible. Just that uh, larger roster, lots of uh, lots of pitching, lots of turnover. So I will first guess twenty twenty one. Um, so twenty twenty one is is one that's up there. They had twenty one pitchers get a win okay. that year. Now, my hint to you was going to be of the six teams that had more than 18 pitchers get a win, um, five are in the last decade. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah, so you, you, you were, were, you were, you were on there. Yeah. All right. 2019. Uh, 2019. <laughs> we're going to a theme here. They had 19. <laughs> <Just get away. laughs> but I can't pick uh, 2023. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. So, it's, I will say, I'll give you another hint. There's actually two teams that tied for the top spot. All right. Let's say 2018. Uh, this would be funny if they had 18, but no, 2018 had 21 players also. Get a okay. win. Uh, 2022. 2022, last year, 23 hey, got a win. Hey, look at that. They are, they are tied for the top spot. Now, name them. No, <laughs> <laughs> name twenty two. Yeah. No. Oh, um, okay, just just a very quick glance at this list. The name that popped off: Heath Hembry. <laughs> I, I remember that because um, they called him and Jake Reed up uh, for the Mets series, and then like first game, and that was like a huge series because they were play. You know, they both end up winning a hundred games, um, and then <laughs> Heath Hembry got both former Mets uh, two. Uh, Henry got the win. Jake Reed got the save. First major league save for Reed. Like, just a really weird random game. Um, yeah, the, that, he's the one that pops out to me on that. Shane Green also got a win. I believe that was his only game pitch for them that, that year. It's going to be like there's just this sort of collection of pitchers who get traded to the Dodgers at the deadline, and you just come for me at least. 
I don't forget that they were there, but I forget that they were on the team. Matt, I, the Matt Latos uh, tier, as I as I like to think of it. Uh, Ricky Nolasco, I think, is in that list. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you were paying attention earlier this year, and to be fair, you were probably right not to. Um, but about a month and a half ago, they traded for a guy who was designated for assignment from the Rangers, Ricky Venasco. <laughs> and, of course, my brain immediately was like, oh, Ricky Nolasco. <laughs> but they've since designated him for assignment, outright him. He's still in the organization, but he's not on the 40-man anymore. But um, The top there, there Google is... image for Matt Latos, by the way, is him in the Dodger uniform, which I find very funny. Um Remember Jim Johnson? As a um, <laughs> I do. He, uh, uh, Immaculate Grid had Baltimore. I, th- oh. I think I picked Jim Johnson. Did I not? That's, that's funny. Hold on. Maybe, maybe I, no, I think I picked George Sherrill. Uh, oh, you, you sent me George Sherrill. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, that yeah. was the, that was the impetus for our, um, Mike Harkey Dodger yes. Rewind last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you have a guess for the other year? I'll give you a hint. It was earlier than 2022. Thanks. 2016. Yeah. Actually, actually, you got it. Like right on the money. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking because I forgot what year Matt Latos was. I believe he was 2015, but no, he he did not get a win in this year. Um, Josh Fields did. Louis Coleman did. Um, Chris Hatcher. Josh Fields. I already mentioned. Jose De Leon. His first major league win. Um, Scott Casimir got a win. Brandon McCarthy, Bud Norris, who I completely forgot was a doctor. <laughs> there you go. There you Holy go. There's cow. one. <laughs> Bud Norris. Wow. We're, this, we're, this is the remembering some guy segment. Um, just to ground out, uh, 2009, which is new but not mo- like you know current era. Um, 22 players in, tw- in tw- 2009 got a win. Um, Any good names from that? Uh, Clayton Kershaw. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, let's see. No. Um, Charlie Hager. Um, Brent Leach. That's oh, that's a good one. Eric Milton. Oh, my God. I forgot Eric Milton was on the team. Will Oman, um, who I believe uh, I saw at spring training uh, in the backfields before he technically signed. And uh, that was a fun time. Um George Sherrill, the aforementioned, <laughs> got a win. Uh, Corey Wade, Jeff Weaver, yeah, this is this is good. Eric Stoltz, of course. I, I approve of any Eric S. pitchers. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, uh, you don't get a name years. You get a name names. And the first question up from question from Craig, which has a theme song, and I'm going to let that play now because I totally forgot to do that. Here it is. With the Craig. We love them. <laughs> sharp, sharp as a tack today. All right, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Before you, before you oh. ask, though, I was going to add. Speaking of Eric S. pitchers, the Dodgers did draft somebody named Eric S. Eric Swan in the fourth round. Uh, although he does spell Eric E R I Q, which I've long said um, is the the my preferred spelling if, if it's not eric uh-huh. um shout out to eric lasalle for that um but yeah anyway <laughs> all right that's all i have this past week ronald acuna became the first player to steal 50 bases and hit 20 or more home runs uh before august 1st and the game in that True. game he, oh, he yeah. stole the th- <laughs> as i said we use that joke about once a month we're yeah. allowed it uh the fourth he also hit his 24th home run 
it was the 21st time that Acuna had stolen a base and hit a home run in the same game. This leads to this week's trivia about uh, getting or giving up a home run and stolen base in the same game. You ready? Okay. Yeah, sure. Three 39-year-old L.A. Dodgers accomplished this feat of hitting a home run and stealing base in the same game. Can Eric name these veteran players? 39? That's a very specific age. Um, I assume no one older than that did it, and that's just why he picked it. But it'd be maybe hilarious I'm wrong. If there's like there's like seven who did it at forty two. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. Um, so the first name that came to mind, and it's a, probably a stretch on the home run, but I just I'm just the first one that came to mind was Brett Butler. It is a stretch. Didn't do it. He didn't. Correct. He did not do it. Uh, oh, okay. I was like, wait, wait did I get it? <laughs> correct. Did I you're wrong. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was correct in my incorrectness. Um, 39-year-old. So the problem here is they um, – I remember there – now, Davey Lopes was left left the Dodgers by he, by the time he was this old. But there's the classic – I believe it was the 86 season because it was 87 tops that had a record-breaker card. And I believe it was um, – I think he had the most steals by a 40-year-old or something like that at the time. Um, this is me stalling. Um, so, thirty-nine. Um, I have a hint to... of easy, not a giving it away hint. Okay. The hint is that it's all after two thousand. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, now I'm trying. So, I don't. Hmm. I don't remember how old this person was, and it doesn't even make sense because he barely played, but I'm just going to say it. Brad Osmus. Uh, not on the list. Why am I struggling to, like, come up with old Dodgers? Like, literally old Dodgers. Um, oh, boy. Um, 39. Okay. No. Wasn't quite there. Two. Hmm. How old was he? All right. Um, I don't even... He pro, he was probably 38 in his last year, and he never stole bases, so I'm just going to say it anyway. Jeff Kent. No. Oh, man. Jeff Kent stealing bases. That would be hilarious. That's to, why how it's much funny. did he get? He certainly did not zero, yeah, but... I'm sure, yeah. Um, so, and I also... I, for some reason, like, the, the 39-year-old Dodger is, like, eluding me. Um... Steve Finley was 36 when he was on the Dodgers, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> Rich Hill didn't hit a home run <laughs> or steal a base. Um, so this is very difficult. Um, Jeff oh, Kent okay. had eight stolen bases as a Dodger, six okay. in 2005, then one so each in the following I, I years. Think, I think he was 39. He probably was only 38. And he maybe not even stole a base, but I'm just gonna say Fred McGriff. Nope. All right, I, I I'm out on this one. I, I don't. I have no idea. Steve Finley. You talked yourself out of that. I thought. Oh, all right. Now I'm mad. Uh, yeah, 39 season. Uh, uh, Kenny Lofton. Yeah. And Luis Gonzalez. Luis Gonzalez. Wow. I almost gave you the hint of like none of these known long time yeah. veterans known as Dodgers. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I figured it was like that. I just couldn't. Yeah. My brain could not think of like old Dodgers for some reason. Nine. Nine LA Dodgers have at least 10 games 
uh, such games with a home run on his total base. Can Eric name five of them in eight guesses? Oh, that's that's very specific. Um, all right, um, Davy Lopes had twenty-one of them. Wow, um, tied for first. Matt Kemp had eighteen of them, third place. Uh, Raul Mondesi had thirteen of them for fourth place. Um. Hmm. You've got three. Need two more. Sure. Um, home runs and steals. Uh, Cody Bellinger had twelve of them, seventh place. Um. Okay, so. I don't think he stole enough. Nope. Um, I'm talking myself out of one. No, I'll just say I'll, Chris Taylor. I don't think it's right. Uh, you're, Dana, you're doing this again. <laughs> yeah. It is not right. Right, okay. Um, all right. Um, what about uh, Pedro Guerrero? Pedro just missed with nine. You have two uh, more guesses to get one more name. Yep. All uh, right. Thinking about Homer Steele guys. Um, oh, no. God, this is terrible. Um, Sean Green. Sean Green has, uh, has 12, sixth place. Good right, job. Do you want to try right. the others? I just want to, yeah, I'll just keep going until I get another one wrong. Okay. Um, I don't even think, he didn't steal a lot of bases, but why not? Andre Ethier. Uh, not, not on my AJ Ellis. No, okay. <laughs> uh, you missed uh, Willie Davis, tied for first with 21 uh, such games. I should have went to him, yeah. Dusty Baker had 12. Mm. Kurt Gibson had 11. Ah, and yeah. Mookie Betts has 10. Wow, all right, nice. Uh, which makes sense. Uh, you know, you don't think of him because he doesn't have the longevity yet, but that is definitely a... But, a and also, he's he's not stealing a ton. He, do, he does occasionally, but like mm-hmm. he like picks his spots now. That's fair. Three baseball Hall of Fame Dodgers, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, hit a home run and stole a base five times in the same game. Uh, which I originally read as five home runs, five steals. Like, Whoa! <laughs> wow! <laughs> I don't remember on that. Base ten times. <laughs> uh, can Eric name these players? Maybe they got on base seven times yeah. and this went Ellie De La Cruz around the bases. Um, okay. Um, Hall of Fame Dodgers. Um Jim told me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's not true. Uh, oh. Uh, Duke Snyder. Duke Snyder did it 13 times. Um, Jackie Robinson. Did it 17 times. Uh, I don't know why this is so... Okay, just because of the longevity... Pee-wee Reese. Pee-wee Reese did it. Uh, sorry, lost the number uh, 16 times. Yay. That's it. Like, oh. going, to, going to the boys of summer. 
like <laughs> it's it's very funny to me because it's not he's that's actually real again logic i get it but it's yeah. really interesting because he didn't rack up steals either right he what fast kind of there 20s kind of numbers yeah. yeah yeah um three three other hall of famers have five each do you want to guess any um willie mays no uh dot uh la dodgers or sorry dodgers dodger hall of famers what i thought he said he, i thought he only said there was three there's three. There's there's three. There's three others that have five in the same game. If you wanted to take a stab, or you just want to know. Oh, that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, that are in the Hall of Fame, but they only had five such games. But I thought that's what. Oh, the that's interesting. Was. Now I'm confused. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I. <laughs> oh, now I'm confused. Um, hold on. I'm really yep. confused now. Yay. Okay, so those. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, wrong on all of those. No, no, yeah. no. You were you were right on. Uh, Craig was being sneaky. He wanted you to name the three that had five exactly, not the ones that had more than five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, and these are also Hall of Famers. Yeah, <laughs> I thought for sure. You know, I just reading off the top of the list. <laughs> all right. Um, so, uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> you're texting Craig at the moment. Yeah, no, um, how dare you? <laughs> so if it's exactly fine, let's, let's just go Gil Hodges. That's one. <laughs> so, and the, the, the funny thing about this, so the first, besides Gil Hodges, first name that came to mind was all just because to get it out of the way, different errors and everything, but Zach Wheat has five. <laughs> all right. So there's one other, um. Let me just, I'm, I'm just sort of trying to, oh, that's hilarious. I'm, this is funny. Um, why is this more difficult than I'm making it? I'm going to give you a hint and say, do not think stolen base uh, for this player. Uh, this, this player, I'm checking real quick, never had double digit stolen bases in a season. Right. Um, had 38 stolen bases in his career. And I think and that... He, yeah. And he's a Hall of Famer who was a Dodger. Yes. Um, well, okay. For some reason, I'm so I'm like... I was like blanking on other Dodger Hall of Famers, but I'm, I'm guessing this is a person who's not primarily a Dodger. It is someone... These are all primary Dodgers. Oh. This person has their number retired. Then I'm just having a brain fart of not remembering all the numbers retired because um, I'm... Hold on. Let me... I'm, I'm sort of talking myself through this. Already said one. Already said him. Um, these other people are pitchers. Oh. No. Um... Oh, Roy Campanella. There you go. Yeah, I was like, that's the only other like hitter. I yeah, think that, 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 <laughs> I I had a brain fart for a second there. Yeah, um, Gilliam, I guess could have gone. Um, but he, he but he didn't make Paul Fame. Yeah, right. So, sorry, right. I, was, yeah. I went to retired yeah. numbers there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> he, we Craig will do confused. that now and then. Yeah. Uh, well, he'll, he'll ask us for the specific number, exactly not the top. Exactly five is hilarious. 
that's... Hey, you did great, considering you. I yeah. just expanded the question on you. <laughs> I got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> in the wild card era, three Dodger starters have given up a home run and a stolen base in the same game at least 30 times. Who are these pitchers that gave up the big fly and swipe bag in the same start? 30 times? Yep, three of them did it at least 30 times. Okay, so you got to go by. So the the name that first came to mind is not someone who's going to do this because I don't think he started enough. But I remember one year, uh, Ted Lilly gave up. He had a 30-30 year where he gave up thirty over 30 home runs and over 30 stolen bases. Um, but I doubt he did it. He he is on my short list. He did it sixteen times. Yeah, which but is remarkable like, for right. For I was gonna say, but he wasn't here long enough to do that. Like, yeah, to, if this was a rate stat, right? Yeah, yeah. Good oh job. yeah, he would have. Um, okay, so we're, wild card era volume. So we we got to go with um, uh, Noah Sinner. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he only started twelve <laughs> times. Um, let's think about. Um, and who really did start? Th- well, okay, just because of longevity, and he started over over four hundred times now. Um, Clayton Kershaw only did it twenty two times. Oh, like his number? Uh, isn't that nice? Um, okay, so with, oh boy, uh, Hideo Nomo number one with forty two. Oof. Um, okay. So wild card, you lose a little bit of the back end of this other person's career, who I will not say out loud because it's not him. Um, uh, did this person pitch a lot? Uh, Chad Billingsley. Chad Billingsley did sixteen times, Ugh. tied with Ted Lilly. <laughs> nice. So now, now I'm running into a issue of like, who started a bunch for the Dodgers to do this? Like, like that's. That's what's tripping me on this, I think. Um, Chanho Park? Chanho Park only did it 19 times. Ugh, this is brutal. Um, One of these pitchers pitched five years, one pitched six years. Very specific. Um, Six years. That's not one. I don't know why this is like really. Oh, Ishmael Valdez. 33 times. You're missing was, he someone. The, was he the five or the six? Uh, the six. All right. You're missing uh, the last player. Oh. Did it exactly 30 times. So he was five seasons, but it was really three and a half if you're counting injuries. So I will just say Kevin Brown. Nope, I'm going to give you one more guess, and I'm going to give you the years from 2002 to 2006. I believe the best Dodger starter in MVP baseball, 2005. How? Uh, to th- wait, 2002 to 2006? Yep. Hmm. Oh, oh, Odalis Perez. There you go. Nice. You did. Uh, I think you did good. Cons- again, yeah. considering I added it on a question. So, but it's, no, it's it, it was. Yeah, I I like that. It's yeah, it's a little bit different. 
uh, preamble to this next question, I was just saying, I was thinking, I was like, this seems like a Dodger team that could really use a nice rest. So they are, off, the Dodgers, they are off on Monday. Yeah, say, that's before true. This, yeah. <laughs> the Dodgers will begin a stretch of 13 consecutive games starting on Tuesday. Could the Dodgers go to a six-man rotation at least once during the stretch and predict the date Kershaw returns to the rotation? Well, so the the second one, it's, I won't say it's easy because you, it's you got it's all predicated. So if he so he he went um, Saturday three innings, he's going to go Thursday four innings. Four days rest would be Tuesday in Arizona. Five days rest would be Wednesday. I I'm going with Wednesday um, in Arizona. For Kershaw, August 9th. Um, can they do a six-man rotation? Yes. But, again, you have to consider with that, you only have seven relievers. Now, it's like a, they could do a six-man rotation like once through, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you get into off days. Like, if you have an off day, you, you can't have... You don't want your, like, Kershaw, Orias, or whatever starting every, you know, every, once a week. Like, basically at that point. Like, so it's, it's, it's difficult. So there's, like, a balance there. Um, but that that's where the issue of volume comes in. Like, if, if they traded for another – like, let's say it's not Verlander, right? Because Verlander is just plug and play. He's in, and then you probably just end up optioning Bobby Miller or whatever. But if it's Jack Flaherty, you know – He's just another guy, like who could be good, but like you could see a situation where they go six for a little bit in this maybe in that stretch, and then figure out what to do at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. Six man's not a like. I don't think it's a feasible long term, um, just given how the rosters are. Yeah, kinda, maybe to me it kind of seems like they do it like they sort of do it once with a. IL stint somewhere snuck in there. Uh, in, in September, it's more likely because sure. you have you can have two extra pitchers. Um, oh no, one extra pitcher because it's fourteen fourteen. Um, but the one extra pitcher is like enough, like mm-hmm. you know, because you have your eight eight man bullpen at that point. So maybe like, but I, I don't. It's not like a we have a six man rotation now. It's more like we're using six guys right now. Yeah, and then like maybe once again, then a few weeks or whatever. Right now, I don't see a path for Michael Bush on this current team. Do you think his bat is too good uh, for him not to get a return before September 1st? Before so, September. Here, here's the path. Uh, it depends. As we're recording this, uh, J.D. Martinez left. So, he left Sunday's game, even though he was te- he was technically in Sunday's game. Maybe he was never in Sunday's game. He started a designated hitter, but he never batted because he had tightness in his hamstring. Couldn't run, couldn't hit. They figured out after once the game started he also missed two games a week ago with that same thing so there ha- he is having an mr he had mri uh, after the game i believe they're awaiting results they're off monday we're probably not going to get news but i would imagine by tuesday we'll know if jd martinez is landing on the aisle now again trade deadline throws a wrench into this because they could oh we just traded for you know tommy fan i keep saying tommy fan but like just it, it could be anyone right but it, um that could be, but that's that's Michael Bush's path right now. Like they just because Craig's right. Like, are they going to bring him up to like and not play him? But if you bring him up and you have DH again, they're probably not going to play him a ton. 
but he's at least an option. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, occasionally, or that that's the day where maybe Bush starts at third and Muncie's DH, you know, against a couple, for a couple times. But there, I don't, there's no way he's coming up and playing every day, like right now. Unless, like, I guess a lot would have to happen. Um, but, or maybe he's, maybe he's part of the Justin Verlander deal. You know, that that's, uh, that's where we're at right now. You don't know. There, but you also have to consider, like, Michael Bush is, is playing the best right now, like, but there's also like Miguel Vargas is in that sort of same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing well, but like Michael Bush has been absolutely killing it for like you know the last few weeks, few weeks. So that's the path is, is basically how how is JD Martinez's hamstring and will he have to go on the injured list on Tuesday? Uh, I think that that's the path right now. Which GM is in the most trouble if their team doesn't make the postseason? Brian Cashman or AJ Preller? Yeah, that's a good question. So it, I think it has I, to be Preller. Cashman just seems to be installed. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's almost by default, be, just be, like for what you're saying. Like it seems like the I, someone called it the younger Steinbrenner recently, or whatever, you know Hal, the, the <laughs> owner now. Like they're they're just like that's just their guy, right? Like they're they're kind of comfortable with where they're at. Like they're not going to go crazy and all this kind of stuff and Cashman's sort of been like navigating all these waters for years um so he seems a little more entrenched now I I don't think I well you never know it would be hard like Preller's been through a lot in San Diego and and like sort of it would be weird I guess if someone has to go right they already changed managers and like, one of, yeah and it's one of the things where it's like you like the wallet was open. Like you've been yeah. sort of given all the resources and you're allowed to trade all the prospects you want and fair or not given all those resources <clears throat> to not have a team with a winning record. Right. Are they still, right. did they hit 500 yet? They're yeah, they're struggling. Um, like that's just, I, I, and again, how that happens, I don't know considering how much talent's right. on that team. Uh, they are still below 552 and 54. Yeah, so I, I think too. Like the other thing is, he's made so many moves, right? Like yeah. a lot of a lot. He spent a lot this offseason, but he also made a lot of trades, right? And like in those trades, like if you look, like there, I think I think it was Zach Kreiser. I want to say at Yahoo earlier this year. They're basically pointing out the main problem that Padres have, and I and I fell victim to this. I saw their lineup and thought that's a deep lineup, but they had nothing behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, you look at like Jack Swinski's having a good year for the uh, Pirates. He was traded to them uh from the Padres he was like running down this list of like guys Preller has traded in recent years who are like playing well now uh where and again they obviously like got Juan Soto they got what they got was great but like had you kept at least some of those guys you'd have the depth that would have maybe prevented like as as much of a poor start as they had so like you could see that argument even if they're like not inclined to like just want to like i don't think they're going to be like well we have to someone has to be a scapegoat for this but but they could look at it and be like what's the plan here yeah. you know like so th- that could be a situation so it's probably preller but like you know i don't know yeah maybe jacob that's me uh. <clears throat> do you enjoy an affogato ice cream with espresso poured onto it during this time of year i always enjoy an affogato i actually think I prefer it more in like the spring and fall because even even though it does cool off, 
you're there's a there's a time limit on an avocado you know before it turns into liquid uh uh so and when it's particularly hot out you're just exasperating that so i like it to kind of keep its shape a little bit longer you seem like you have a question eric Oh no! So I was gonna say my usual. I, I mentioned this before. My I try. I don't not like to it read. how you weren't asked this. I guess it's because you're no. not really a coffee drinker. That's probably why. Yeah, I, I have not had coffee. I believe since 2021. Have you had an affogato? I don't know. I don't know what an affogato is. Like it's um, what he said. It's, I, it's actually, gelato I've, usually. If you guys, but I've really also never. I've but. also never had espresso. <laughs> so, um, but no. But my point was, I was gonna say I don't. I generally don't read i i cut and paste Sorry, the i generally questions. don't read <laughs> yeah well, that's also true um i i cut and paste craig's questions into our show notes so we both have them and um i i like it can't help but glance but i try not to read so so i can you know when we're on the podcast i get surprised then we have dinner when i'm trying to think of these questions but <laughs> no but I, I glance at the food one usually right yeah, like yeah, you'd you be like oh that'll hungry? be fun like yeah. um so i did look at this and for some reason that said, I did not even catch that it says Jacob, dude. And I'm thinking, <laughs> am I gonna? I'm gonna. This is gonna be me saying I don't like coffee. Like I've never had. Like you know. Like, so I didn't even he catch out for that. You. That was yeah. He, he was. He's Craig. Always looks out. He. We should. I should give. The, I should have never. Never had. I. I. I enjoy good espresso. Like, yeah. Especially if I don't want to. If I just want something quick while I'm at the coffee shop, especially if they pour over ice cream for me. Hey, there's a question yeah. for you too, and Eric and Jacob, oh. uh, did you ever stop at an A and W stand for a root beer float? Um, yes, but the last one, well, the the one I really the only one I went to was um, Palm Springs when growing up, and it wasn't there long. Like by the time I was probably in at least for sure it was gone by the time I was in high school. It might have been gone by middle school, but there were definitely times where we would go little very hole-in-the-wall A&W stand. It was great. Um, that said, now, uh, in spring training in Arizona, th- there is, like, a r- relatively close A&W. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. I- I'm conflating. In Arizona, there's a Dairy Queen. Mm. Ah, there might there might be an A&W, but for some reason, I was sort of putting those two and two together. But, yeah, um, it was great, and I miss it. So... I think I've only been to an AW once. There's one uh, uh, south uh, south of here, kind of in the middle of Kansas. And, you know, I, I don't think I got a float there. I think I just got a mug, an iced mug of root oh, beer. That, oh, now, that sounds great, at the Dairy too. Queen, I do, I do get the root beer float. That tends to be what I get there. Huh. But it, it, uh, it just turns into my love of root beer milkshakes are, uh, because it's just – it's – what I want in a root beer float without the fuss. Don't need a spoon. I just need a big boba straw. And... That actually, that would be kind of amazing, to be honest. That no, you can get them. They're good. They're delicious. That sounds good, and I think we have our our plan. We're both going <laughs> to immediately finish recording and then uh, drop what we're doing and drive to get a root beer milkshake. So, yeah, uh, maybe maybe the Dodgers will trade for a root beer milkshake or something <laughs> something as delicious uh, by Tuesday's trade deadline. But yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about on next week's episode because you never know. But uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you for listening to the Three Inning Save podcast. Um, thank you to Brian Salvatore for making us sound uh, decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
relative much better than we do that yeah that's absolutely true but yeah and thank you for listening everyone and hopefully we'll have a lot more to talk about next week see you then